This is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Season 2 is A Practical Treatise of Fear by John Flavel. Beginning a bit before where we left off for context. It was Abraham's fear that made him dissemble to the reproach of his religion, Genesis 20. 2 and 11. And indeed, it was but an odd sight to see an heathen so schooling and reproving great Abraham about it, as he there doth. It was nothing but fear that drew his son Isaac into the like snare, Genesis 26, 7. And it was fear that overcame Peter against his promise, as well as principle to say concerning his dear Savior, I know not the man, Matthew twenty six sixty nine. Had Abraham at that time remembered and acted his faith freely upon what the Lord said to him, Genesis seventeen one, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield. He had escaped both the sin and the shame into which he fell, but even that great believer was foiled by his own fears, and certainly this is a great evil, a complicated mischief. Four, number one, by these falls and scandals, religion is made vile and contemptible in the eyes of the world. It reflects with much reproach upon God and his promises as if his word were not sufficient security for us to rely upon in times of trouble, as if it were safer trusting to our wit, yea, to sin, than to the promises. Number two, it greatly weakens the hands of others and proves a sore discouragement to them in their trials to see their brethren faint for fear and ashamed to own their principles. Sometimes it hath this mischievous effect, but it is always improved by Satan and wicked men to this purpose. And, number three, it will be a terrible blow and wound to our own consciences, for such flaws in our integrity we may be kept waking and sighing many a night. Oh, see the mischiefs of a timorous and faint spirit. Effect 3. Slavish fears of the creature exceedingly strengthen our temptations in times of danger and make them very efficacious and prevalent upon us. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. The fear of man brings a snare. Satan spreads the net, but we are not within its reach till our own fears drive us unto it. The recoiling of our spirits from some imminent dangers may cause the pulse of a true Christian to intermit and falter. How regular soever it beats at other times, this will cause great trepidation and timidity in men that are sincere and upright, and that is it that brings the snare over their souls. Aaron was a good man, and idolatry he knew to be a great sin. Yet, fear prevailed 
with that good man to give too much way to that great evil. Exodus thirty-two twenty-two. Thou knowest the people that they are set upon mischief, saith he, in his own excuse in the matter of the golden calf. Q.D. Lord, I durst do no otherwise at that time. The people were violently and passionately set upon it. Had I resisted them, it might have cost me dear. It was fear that prevailed with Origen to yield so far as he did in offering incense to the idol, the consideration of which fact break his heart to pieces. It was nothing but fear that made David play the fool and act so dishonorably as he did, First Samuel twenty one twelve. Fear is a snare in which Satan hath caught as many souls as in any other of his stratagems and snares whatsoever. It were easy to give instances so many and so sad as would enlarge this head even to tediousness, but I choose rather to come to the particulars wherein the danger of this snare of the devil consists. And, number one, herein lies the ensnaring danger of sinful fear, that it drives men out of their proper station, out of their place and duty, beside which there is none to be found but what is Satan's ground. The subtle enemy of our salvation is aware that we are out of gunshot, beyond his reach, whilst we abide with God in the way of our duty, that the Lord is with us whilst we are with him, and there is no attempting our ruin under the wings of his protection. If ever, therefore, he meaneth to do anything upon us, he must get us off that ground and from under those wings, and there is nothing like fear to do this, Then we are as the birds that are wandering from their nests, Proverbs 27, 8, or like Shimei, out of his limits. Number two, fear is usually the first passion in the soul that beats a parley with the enemy and treats with the tempter about terms of surrender. And as the French proverb is, the castle that parleys is half won. It is fear that consults with flesh and blood, whilst faith is engaged with God for the supply of strength to endure the siege. We have a sad and doleful instance of this in Spira. He tells us how his own fears betrayed him by parleying with the tempter. For thus Mr. Bacon, in the history of his life, records the occasion of his fall. While Spyro was tossing upon the restless waves of doubts, without guide to trust to, or haven to flee for succor, on a sudden, God's spirit assisting, he felt a calm and began to discourse with himself in this manner. Why wanderest thou thus in uncertainties? Unhappy man, cast away fear, put on thy shield of faith. Where is thy wanted courage? thy goodness, thy constancy. Remember that Christ's glory lies at the stake. Suffer then without fear, and he will defend thee. He will tell thee what thou shalt answer. He can beat down all danger, bring thee out of prison, raise thee from the dead, 
Consider Peter in the dungeon, the martyrs in the fire, etc. Now was Spira in reasonable quiet, being resolved to yield to those weighty reasons, yet holding it wisdom to examine all things. He consults also with flesh and blood. Thus the battle renews, and the flesh begins in this manner. Be well advised, fond man, consider reasons on both sides, and then judge. How canst thou thus overween thine own sufficiency, as thou neither regardest the examples of thy progenitors, nor the judgment of the whole church? Dost thou not consider what misery this day's rashness will bring thee unto? Thou shalt lose all thy substance, gotten with so much care and travail. Thou shalt undergo the most exquisite torments that malice itself can devise. Thou shalt be counted as an heretic of all, and to close up all, thou shalt die shamefully. What thinkest thou of the loathsome, stinking dungeon, the bloody axe, the burning faggot? Are they delightful? Etc. Thus through fear he first parleyed with the tempter, consulted with flesh and blood, and at last fainted and yielded. Number three. It is fear that makes men impatient of waiting God's time and method of deliverance, and so precipitates the soul and drives it into the snare of the next temptation, Isaiah fifty-one fourteen. The captive exile hasteth to be delivered out of the pit, any way or means of escape that comes next to hand, saith fear, is better than to lie here in the pit. And when the soul is thus prepared by its own fears, it becomes an easy prey to the next temptation, by all which you see the mischief that comes by fear in times of danger. Effect 4. Fear naturally produceth pusillanimity and cowardliness in men a poor low spirit that presently faints and yields upon every slight assault. It distinguisheth all Christian courage and magnanimity wherever it prevails, and therefore you find it joined frequently in the scriptures with discouragement. Deuteronomy one twenty one: Fear not, neither be discouraged with fainting and trembling. Deuteronomy 23. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble. With dismayedness, Deuteronomy 31, 6, and faint-heartedness, Isaiah 7, 4. These are the effects and consequence of sinful fear. And how dangerous a thing it is to have our courage extinguished and faintness of heart prevail upon us in a time when we have the greatest need and use of courage, and our perseverance, peace, and eternal happiness rely and depend so much upon it, let all serious Christians judge. It is sad to us, and dishonorable to religion, to have the hearts of women, as it is said of Egypt, Isaiah 19:16 when we should play the men, as the Apostle exhorts us, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. 
we find in all ages those that have manifested most courage for Christ in time of trial have been those whose faith hath surmounted fear and whose hearts were above all discouragements from this world. This concludes part 14 of John Flavel's A Practical Treatise of Fear.